This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. It's where the water comes from, affects the issues that the water is going to have. Right? They're all going to have different impurities, that's right, and it's going to affect how it needs to be treated. That's Tanya Lubner, WQA's Professional Certification and Training Director, during a recent session of the WQA Instructor-Led Training for Installers. And welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote better water quality around the world. This is episode number 268. If you're a first-time listener or perhaps new to the industry, welcome. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to share the podcast with someone on your team or a friend or associate. We're publishing this on May 25th of 2022. Find us at wqa.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In this episode, we feature a portion of a recent class in WQA's instructor-led installer training with Dr. Tanya Lubner. Tanya talks about sources of water, the hydrologic cycle, and how that affects the type of water treatment that might be required. Go to wqa.org slash installer training for more information about the program. Also, get information about WQA's new rebate program to help cover the costs of your training. Later, we'll have a motivational minute and our WQA tip. Now on to Tanya Lubner on WQA Radio. Okay, so good quality water depends on what you're using it for. It's relative to the application. Water that's okay to water the plants with may not be good enough to drink. Water that's good to drink may not be that great for watering the plants. Think about it, if you're drinking softened water, there are no health issues usually, um, but you wouldn't want the sodium going into the soil. You guys uh, remember from history, the way the uh, winner used to get back at the loser is that they would salt the earth to make sure that nothing grew. Uh, Water that's okay for drinking, especially one that's coming out of a municipal tap, is not okay for fish tanks. It's not okay for fish because it's carrying chlorine, it's carrying chloramine, and that's going to kill the fish. Likewise, water that's good for drinking is probably not what you need for manufacturing processes because the water hardness that's in there that we can drink that's not a problem for us uh, is going to clog up equipment that's processing materials and uh, participating in various manufacturing processes. So it really is the application that determines the quality of the water. And there are standards, there are drinking water standards put out by the US EPA and the World Health Organization. And each country uh, has some version of those standards that determine what the drinking water should be. 
For manufacturing, certain applications will also have specifications for what that water needs to be. High pressure boilers, the manufacturer will tell you what can or can't be in the water. Likewise, if the water is being used for electronics rinsing or food processing or uh, pharmaceuticals manufacturing, you can find standards that will tell you what is not allowed to be in the water. So again, purity or quality is relative and it depends on how you need to use the water. We're pretty fortunate here in that uh, we have access to uh, ready access to water. It comes right into our homes in most of the country, uh, both US and Canada. Whereas in certain other places, they have access to, uh, or they don't have access to this, and that really affects their quality of life. Uh, even those communities that have access to so-called improved water source, they still spend up to 45% of their daily calories to go and fetch the water. And because they're spending so much time fetching the water, they don't really have a whole lot of time for anything else. Uh, you know, that doesn't give them a whole lot of time to read. It doesn't give them much time to go to school. It does not give them a whole lot of time for leisure activities. And not only that, but once they get that water, they're not sure that if it's safe to drink. So it really is a problem. And I've already talked a little bit about uh, the drinking water in this country and why uh, our technologies could make a whole lot of sense as opposed to doing the centralized treatment. But here's a few more facts for you. There are 150,000 public water supplies in the US most of these are what's known as community water systems, meaning they're serving residences. And then there are also uh, some non-community water systems. And these could be gas stations, they could be an office building, it could be a school. So that's how that breaks down. Uh, and then approximately 10% of the US population is on private water supplies. So the majority of us are on public supply. And the quality of that drinking water is regulated by the Safe Drinking Water Act, the public water, not the private. But when you look at how well uh, that Safe Drinking Water Act has been performing, we find that 40% of our nation's public water supply, community water systems, have violated at least one drinking water standard. Lead is a big one. Um, arsenic nitrates, as somebody pointed out earlier on, those are problems for public water systems as well. And there are violations. I showed you the Wisconsin example with the radium. Uh, all of that can be treated with point of use, point of entry technologies. Water can come from different sources, from surface, sources such as lakes, rivers, they can come from wells, they can come from municipal systems. Why does that matter to us? Right? So where the water comes from affects the issues that the water is going to have. Right? They're all going to have different impurities, that's right, and it's going to affect how it needs to be treated. Yep, difference in quality, right. So 
it that's going to determine what equipment goes in. Now, I know the focus of this class is installation, so we're not going to spend too much time talking about which treatment technology goes with what. We will cover that a little bit later. Uh, but if you're putting something in, you know, it helps to know what that piece of equipment is doing there. And especially when you get to sequencing the equipment, which we'll also talk about a little bit later, ideally it's going to be properly defined for you on your work order, but having a little bit of awareness of uh, what the technologies are usually used for. And when you see something that's a bit out of the ordinary, it might be worth before you go out on the job, just having a quick chat with that salesperson or whoever put the order together for you just to make sure that you're going to be putting things in correctly. So since we said different uh, water sources are going to have different problems, let's just talk a little bit about where those problems come from in the first place. And the best way to think about it is to look at the hydrologic cycle because this is what our water is doing on Earth. There's a defined quantity of water on Earth. All of it continuously circulates through this cycle. It's always in some point of the cycle uh, or it's tied up in the, or the rapidly fading ice. We're going to start up here with precipitation. Precipitation itself, that's kind of as close as we come to having pure water in the natural environment for a few seconds anyway, or a fraction of a second. Water, as you may have heard, is the universal solvent, and that means that given enough time, it's going to dissolve just about anything that it comes into contact with. And in the atmosphere, we have gases, we have soot particles, and water is really good at capturing all of those. And the, one of the gases that exists in the largest quantity that interacts really well with water is carbon dioxide. So it's the gas that we uh, breathe out and all living things breathe out. When water interacts with carbon dioxide, it forms carbonic acid. So you may have heard about acid rain. You may have heard about acid rain increasing or the acidity of the rain increasing. Carbon dioxide is one of the culprits there. Uh, certainly industrial pollution, those gases also contribute. Acid tends to have, we measure acid on a pH scale with a pH meter. So acid's gonna have a somewhat lower pH and that acidic water is now going to fall on the ground. If it happens to fall on a surface water body, such as a lake or stream or even the ocean, there is nothing, unless it's a really shallow uh, bed, there's really nothing in that body of water that's going to neutralize that low pH, except maybe coral in the ocean. That's another reason why acid rain is a problem. So the water that we're getting from a, a surface body, such again as a lake, a stream, ocean, it's going to be somewhat acidic. And when that water goes through metal piping, as you're probably aware, that could be a bit of a problem. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. If the water is not falling into um, something like a lake or a stream, and it happens to fall on soil, it's going to percolate through the ground. As it does that, the soil acts as a filter. So those particulates that that water was carrying get left behind, but the acidic property of the water doesn't change 
just yet. As that acidic water percolates through the ground, it's going to start reacting with whatever might be in the ground. And now the geology becomes a big issue because if there is limestone, calcium carbonate, in the ground, it's going to neutralize the rain, the acidity of that uh, precipitation, and it's going to get dissolved in the water. So this is how we get hardness uh, into our water. Now, if the geology is different and there is no limestone in the ground, then we're not going to see that uh, we're not going to see the neutralization of the pH. So the water is going to stay fairly acidic. And we're also not going to see a whole lot of hardness coming in. Now, there might be iron deposits. <clears throat> Those will get dissolved and then drawn up uh, through a well. So you might see iron staining or customers might complain of iron staining. Once that water has been drawn back up to the surface or maybe the trees or plants have drawn that water up in the roots, it's given back off, either through the fact that we drink that water, we sweat, we excrete it. Uh, the plants give off the water as dew. And so all of that water comes back to the atmosphere and the cycle starts all over again. And that was Dr. Tanya Lubner with a portion of a recent class in WQA's instructor-led training for installers. Go to wqa.org slash installer training for more information. Also, get more information about WQA's new rebate program to help cover the cost of your training. Now our motivational minute. You may have heard the quote from Woody Allen that 90% of life is showing up. I like that because so much of our success, of course, is about the, the steps that we need to take to be present with whatever we need to do or accomplish. But there's more to it than just showing up. I credit former WQA keynote speaker Ryan Estes for bringing this up. He talked recently about how we show up, and that's important. I want to build on that just a bit to suggest that we all have choices to how we show up, how we interact with others. Are we prepared to engage? Are we prepared to listen to them? Do we have something to offer? Are we an encouragement? So, your next appointment, your next meeting, your next trip to the office, don't just show up, but think about how you show up and what that might mean. And that's our Motivational Minute. And now our WQA tip. We know it's been tough to hire the workforce you need, especially for dealers. That's why we have our WQA Career Center, where you can post a job and look for that next wave of talent. With the WQA Career Center, you can get the same state-of-the-art services that you would get with commercial job boards and more. Plus, WQA is a member of the Engineering and Science Career Network, so your job posts reach a much wider audience. Go to wqa.org slash careers to get started. And remember, WQA member companies get a member discount. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio, 
on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.